To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just hate the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Basically suck, right? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah I don't think. <laughs> There's no nothing around. There's no way to try to make it seem good or try to make it. Yeah. It's... My thing is, I thought we at least made the playoffs with with LeBron, and just having the best player in the league, you would think that that would automatically make you a playoff team. Like we didn't see some of the teams that LeBron has been on. And we just seen some of the screw-ups that he's made into, like, playoff contenders. And I thought he would have been able to do the same with this team. But it's just – I think it's finally time as a Lakers fan that we have to start looking toward next year. In the summer, like we have been doing for the past yeah. six years. Right. I, I think it's it's bigger than, than just the fact that, like, him coming and him, quote-unquote, the saving and all that, man. It's a lot of stuff that's, to me, going into this whole debacle. Uh, the Lakers kind of falling out. So, I don't think it's, like, just, like, super simple that, like, you know, LeBron couldn't get it done or it didn't work out. You know, there's injuries piled on it. There's the whole chemistry messed up with the AD situation and all that. So, there's a lot, to me, a lot of layers with it. Yeah. I Yeah, I do think that the trade rumors kind of derailed it. Also, injuries. I think when LeBron went out for that stretch, I think that – that really knocked us off pretty bad. You know, he missed like a, with a month and a half of basketball. Yeah, like so 17, 18 games. And I think what you got to look at with that too is that the team had pretty much caught their stride without LeBron. You got to look at they they struggled initially, which is typical for any LeBron team that he's on. I mean, the Cavs used to struggle with having Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love over there, and that supporting cast, even when LeBron would go off and they would have to try to figure out their footing because he means so much to a team. Mm -hmm. So the Lakers had pretty much gotten to that point, and then Lonzo goes out. You got to look at They had just beaten a good OKC team that's one of the top teams out west. You know, Russell Westbrook and Paul George are playing great basketball. Mm -hmm. They were up 25 against Houston, and then Lonzo hurts his ankle. And yeah. then once Lonzo went out is when, to me, everything went downhill at that point. And then you throw the trade rumors and all that on top of it. And that just kind of killed everything. Yeah, man. I, we could talk about this forever, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's a very disappointing season. I think, you know, you like you said in the group, me, it, it may be one of the more disappointing seasons since I've been a Lakers fan. You know, we hadn't made the playoffs in six years. We thought that was going to end. Yeah. You know, the thing is, like, when LeBron first said he was coming to L.A. out, the first thing I thought about was, like, okay, we're going to finally see some playoff right. basketball this year. But – 
It don't look like it. It's a long shot. I mean, they got 18 games left. It's, it's, it's 17 at this point. It's, it's 17 done. games left. So, I mean, it's it's done. It's a lot of games left. It's it's done. <laughs> I mean, you got to look at the fact that well, uh, B.I. Uh, out. B.I. is out. Who's out? Lungs out. And you got to look at not too. The Lakers are accepting that it's done. Because the reason why you know that is that they're talking about scaling LeBron's minutes back. So Man. they're talking about on a nightly basis him maybe playing between twenty eight and thirty two. Not that there is a hard cap, but when they start talking about scaling LeBron minutes back, and we know all the different injuries and the, the turmoil of the team, and you know not to mention just Luke's terrible <laughs> rotations. Uh, I mean the writing is pretty much on the wall at this point. So you pretty much just gotta accept that that it's it. It's Man. it. Well. <laughs> On that said, not that's supposed to have in, in, energy on the intro, <laughs> but uh, welcome to the Opinionated Bench Owners Podcast, episode thirty-three. I'm here with my guy Ramon sitting right next to me, and Carlos is currently absent because of business he had to handle. But shout out to Los, he'll be back next week on the episode, and we'll be talking like usual. And I'm sure he's gonna listen to this one. But shout out to him. Uh, our brother, um, while he's out, we're going to hold it down for him. Right. And uh, thank you for the support. Thank you for the listeners that's been continuously supporting us. We're continuing to, to push. We we uh, appreciate all the kind words that, that you've given us. Um, but, uh, I mean, I guess we could stay with, with along the Lakers' terms. Yeah. Uh, on a bright note, you know, LeBron, I mean, is it bittersweet, though, as Kobe fans? <laughs> Because uh, we're watching him creep up the yeah, scoring but, list, and he's like, I mean, he, he has yeah, another but, thousand points to go. Yeah. To, they, to, I think they said that the pace that he's on right now, like if it was at his career average of 27.2, it would take him about 49, well, 45 or 45 or 49 games to yeah. reach Kobe. So, I mean, it's going to happen next season. So Yeah, yeah. next season at the halfway point. But, I mean, records are made to be broken. Yeah. Congratulations to uh, to LeBron for becoming the third. I mean fourth, fourth, fourth on the all time. Like Kobe had third like him. <laughs> yeah, uh, all time scoring list uh, in a meaningless game, a very lukewarm game last night. Um, you know, it was probably only maybe sort of bright spot in the game, but you know, uh, but shout out to him, man. You know, you pass MJ on that scoring yeah. list. Uh, it's it's you know it's amazing feat you know yeah. I think even more so when you listen to him reflect on it and him talking about people don't make it out of where he come from right. Akron Ohio and for him to accomplish that and always uh, idolizing Le- Michael Jordan and to come out on top like that it, it's simply remarkable bro like you I say it all the time man to to be a 17 year old kid and have all these expectations put on you and for you to not only meet those expectations, but in some ways exceed them, is remarkable. I, I've never seen it before. Yeah. I don't think it's ever been seen before. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with it, man. It, it's an amazing um, feat, an amazing accomplishment, you know, for him to get to that point. You know, <clears throat> like you were saying, it's somebody that he grew up, you know, idolizing. It's somebody that he grew up that, you know, that he wanted to be like, you know, basically everybody wanted to be like Mike. And so you have this opportunity to now, you know, pass him in points to know that you are mentioned right there with the person that you grew up looking up to, the one who inspired you 
you know, at different points in your life to play the game or to pursue it and to put in the work that you put in. So um, definitely, you know, kudos to him. And the thing about it too, man, is it's just that, you know, when you think of those guys that's up on that list, you know, up high on that list, Kareem, you look at him as a scorer, you know, Kobe as a scorer, of course, Mike, that ultimate assassin, that scorer there, you got Carl Malone up there as well. And, you know, when you think about LeBron, it's not like the first thing that you think of his game. It's like, oh, he just a, mm-hmm. a killer scorer. He going to get buckets. But you look at a guy that's, you know, now fourth in scoring. You know, he'll assume, you know, at some point next season, he'll be third in scoring. And it's just an amazing accomplishment for him. Definitely an amazing accomplishment and a testament to his longevity in the league as well. Just like you say, yeah, it's, he's not even a score first player. You know, and, and to be in the top five in scoring and assists in all time in your career, he's had a remarkable career. I mean, you know, me and you together, we, we hadn't always been too fond of LeBron, yeah. but we've always respected Straight his to, game. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, considering this, but we gonna, we got to play devil's advocate because we're on a podcast and we got to be, uh, <laughs> we got to be, you know, have fun. Yeah. But on the flip side, you know, you think of MJ's career. He took two years off to play baseball. He took a he took well, he took another two years to 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 be yeah, an executive for the Wizards, and then he came back. Yeah, I mean, what does it say for MJ that he took four years off? He was so good. Yeah. In his prime, he's like, oh, I'm tired of this. Yeah. I'm just gonna go play baseball. I'm tired of this. I'm gonna go be an exec. Yeah. And like, if he wouldn't have took taken those four years off. Well, you, you got to look at it. Honestly, like, MJ definitely would have been the all-time, like, leading scorer as far as total points yeah. if none of that kind of stuff happened and transpired. You got to look at it. Still, as far as scoring average goes all-time, Michael Jordan has the highest scoring average, you know, in league history. He's right at that 30 points per game uh, mark. Now, you look at a guy in LeBron at 27.2 points, that's remarkable as well. Um, but, I mean, it is obvious that, you know, the longevity um, and uh, the duration of the career and not taking breaks has added to it. But still, I know we plan the other side, but I still, you know, don't want to knock, you know, what LeBron has done. It's just that, I mean, Michael Jordan, as far as the score, I mean, that's that's the ultimate guy right there. I know you can bring up Will Chamberlain. I still think that records. Kobe is the greatest scorer in NBA history. Though. Most versatile scorer. Yeah, Kobe. I think greatest score. I mean, it's it's tip or tap. If you Mike. look at, I mean, I guess versatile. That is that. I guess we may be yeah, saying, saying the same, same thing, thing because it. you know the way Kobe got his points, and the way you know how he could get his points in the post game, his footwork. You know, difficult yeah. shot maker. He's yeah. definitely the, okay, dif- yeah, most yeah, difficult the most difficult shot maker in history. I I think we can't. I can't. We can't ignore to the ways that MJ did it as well because MJ. Also played really well on the block. Like MJ at one point. Also, just, also I'm, I'm 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 taking this stance too with Will Chamberlain. I mean, he's playing janitors <laughs> and plumbers and plumbers. Security guards. So I'm not too put too much. I think in this modern era, I think the way me MJ got his points too. I think. Yeah. But MJ, I mean. I, we we nit we nitpick at MJ a lot, but I mean ultimately, like man, his resume—you really can't deplete you, him. You gotta look at it. Really, to me, 
MJ's career, of course, he came back with the Wizards and he did whatever with that. I really look at it in a 13-year block. That's what I really look at it as. In those 13 years, he had 10 scoring titles. 10 scoring 10. titles. That's remarkable. So, it's like, you know, when you talk granted, about... Granted, there was nobody in his era that was near him, though. I mean, he but was he alone. Made, he, he made... He was, was alone. for a reason, though. I mean, it's not like the, the 80s were a bad era of basketball. You had... You know, your Larry Birds, Larry Magic, Bird, and Larry Bird. Magic. You know, Kareem was still, that was, you know, not later in the 80s, Kareem, that was more on a downslope of his time, but Kareem early in the 80s was still a solid Kareem. You got Hakeem Olajuwon that was getting buckets. You know, you, you got players that, you know, you look at your George Gervins of the world, you look at your Alex Englishes, you know, mm-hmm. you got players that were, were getting buckets at the time, so I'm not just going to make it seem like it was like, Jordan and just like nobody else, like he played in the league, yeah, still that had talent. The 90s had talent. You look at continued Hakeem Olajuwon, you look at Shaq entering the league, you look at um, even David Robinson was a solid. It was a really good era for big men, you know, yeah. at that time. So it's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about more specifically, yeah, a non guard, and that's what makes LeBron feet so remarkable, mm-hmm. too, just being a, a non guard, uh. And, you know, him being able to, to, to take that seat at the fourth. But, you know, it's like I say, LeBron, I mean, when I look at LeBron, ultimately when his career is all said and done, I will never marvel at the way that he scores because yeah, he's not a score first. Yeah. I marvel over his passing ability. Yeah, me too. And he takes pride in his passing ability. Yeah. But another thing that, that is unsaid about LeBron, you know, in this feed, and I don't mind taking this amount of time because, I mean, when you make fourth, on the scoring list. You right. deserve the time to be spoken about. But right. it, you know, when you look at, I guess, his approach to the game, you know, being that he is a pass-first player and he's able to still make it to the fourth of all time. But also I look at the way that um, that he's, uh, you know, he's a great rebounder. You know, uh, he's, a, he's a playmaker. You know, all of these things are, are, are taking an part, and he just finds himself fourth on the all-time scoring list. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's, it's definitely a testament to his all-around ability and the way that he impacts the game in so many different ways. Um, you know, pretty much when you when he gets out on the floor, you're going to have somebody that's, like you said, going out there making plays. He can go and get buckets, um, passing the ball really well. At one point in his career, was a good defender. Um, that's kind of tailed off, especially now. Uh, Very especially that, that clip I sent y'all, Kuz having to push him to go contest the shooter. Um, man, that's, that's but, so bad, but, um, but definitely a guy that's just been an all-around player and, to me, never totally ignored a certain part of his game. He couldn't, when he first came in the league, he wasn't a good shooter. And now he's turning into, he can knock down the three. You don't want to leave him like they used to leave him in some of those finals and all of that and, and play free throw line and under. You know, one thing, one knock, I guess, is his free throw shooting. But... Right. We're coming with all the knocks. We're coming with all the knocks. We big him up and then tear him back. Bro, we can't help it. It's in our, it's in our blood. It's in our DNA. It's pretty, yeah. pretty much it. But, but no, but no, definitely shit. <laughs> Shout out to the man. Hey, we need your brother on this episode so he could just fire it up. Yeah. He had all all the LeBron stuff. We probably would have got into a a nice little debate. That's the reason why. That's one of the reasons why. We're not the ones to do this segment. (laughs) Right. 
We're not the ones to do this segment. We already made to do Kobe Yeah. Segment. It was a Kobe segment here. And we're acting like Kobe had right. no type of <laughs> right, no. <laughs> Kobe shot 90% from the field. <laughs> right, right. Dead. But, hey, congratulations to LeBron. <laughs> Before we do any more damage, shout out to LeBron. Yeah, fellow Laker, shout out to him much more. But an interesting point, though. Yeah. I think that the only thing that probably, I think that will motivate LeBron to continue playing and we know, I mean, personally, I think that people will knock us for this, but we've always said, me and you both say, that there is always ulterior motives to LeBron's moves. Oh, definitely. Whether last week that we spoke about him moving to L.A., we recognize that it was the best business move for his businesses. Yeah. We recognize that him going to Miami initially wasn't about, well, it was blatant. You know, it was blatant. Yeah. You know, he wanted to pair up with, at the time, Two of the top, top five players top in the league. Yeah. Bosch might have been, you know. Bosch was top ten. I can't give him top five. Top, top seven? Man, I can give him I top, give seven. top seven. Yeah, I can give him top okay, seven. Okay, I can give you top and seven. And the way he definitely was top three. Yeah, yeah. Um, no doubt. But, and then you look at when he left Miami, you know, we wasn't buying the I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> I want to win the championship. Man, he looking at, look, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving. He, he probably had under the table yeah. Kevin Love yeah, was coming. So, yeah, so, you know, he, he made the best move to put himself in a position to win the championship. So, I think that this idea that he wants to play with his son, yeah, I think that that is overblown. I mean, I watched the Vince Carter on PTI today, you know, talk about the longevity and talk about, you know, he's 42 years old and he's still playing. He, I think him and Dirk are the only people out of his draft yeah. class that are still in the league. Yeah, uncle still <laughs> but, you know, I look at it, I think that it's overblown. I think that the longer LeBron plays, I think that the, that, you know, and the way he looks, he's averaging 27 at his, at 30, 34, 33. The longer he plays, the more he can attack those records, the more he can establish his legacy. And I think that the only thing that's separating him and MJ right now is maybe longevity. Yeah. You know, because I think that the longer he plays at this high yeah. level, which I think that he can and yeah. will, you know, a lot of these records are going to become shattered. Yeah. Because Kobe broke, you know, the scoring record in, you know, with MJ late, late, late in his career when he was, it was part of his, like, decline. Yeah. But LeBron, for him to do this, and he still has a lot in the tank left. I think that that arterial motive to play, I think that he may, it would be cool for him to play with his son, you know, but at the same time, I think that the longevity there yeah. is motivated by, hey, look, I, you know, that was my idol. I can attack these records because yeah. I'm going to last long. Right. And I, I think that that's going to be his approach. Of, of course, he said already he felt that he's the goat or whatever, but we know. Still, public opinion overall consensus. I know we got a lot of LeBron fans out there, but overall consensus is that Michael Jordan is the GOAT. So, when it gets down to it, it's going to end up turning into a conversation of what do we consider or hold the most to us? Do we consider peak and when a player was at their absolute best? Because at their absolute best, I mean, I don't think that there's been a player that's been better than Michael Jordan at their absolute best. I mean, I know I'm a Kobe fan, and I know I have that bias there. But still, at the end of the day, I think at your absolute best, Michael Jordan is the best that we've seen. Yeah. But if LeBron can, like you say, stack that resume, he's already top five in scoring. He's made it to the top ten list in assists. So if you look at a player that 
finishes, let's just say he catches Kareem, and he's number one all-time in scoring. Let's say he finishes top five in assists, which is very possible. And then you stack on there. Let's say for some kind of way he maybe gets one more championship. You know, let's just say that. So he ends up with four rings, maybe three or four finals MVPs on top of his four. If he adds maybe another one or two regular season MVPs, it's going to be a resume that's like, hey, this resume probably dwarfs everybody else. Mm. But it's in a sense of, are we going to look at that longevity and say, if that's the case, or are we going to look at peak performance and still say, hey, Mike did it better than mm. anybody has ever done it? What do you think personally? Um, I, I, I think, think, honestly, longevity to me, it means, I think that, I don't think it should be a, a knock on a player yeah. because they can last longer. You know, like Vince Carter, like people yeah. like, oh, you know, he's you know played this amount of games. Oh, he's he's moving that that you know up the scoring list because of how long right. he's been in the league. I mean, part of it is the game longevity, and you know, Vince should LeBron be knocked for longevity because he took care of his body oh, and did no. took the you know you know the lengths of of preserving himself so right. he could last this long. Right. As opposed to his peers, right. I don't think so. No, I, I I don't think he should be knocked at all as well. But I think that with that, it gets into what was somewhat of the Mike and Kareem debate for a while. If you really look at it, Kareem was the the picture perfect thing of longevity. At one point, Kareem, you gotta look at it, played for twenty or twenty one years in the league, of uh, 19, 19 to twenty one, somewhere around there. Um, that led to him being the all-time like scoring leader. You look at all that he has rebound-wise, blocks-wise, all of that. He has six championships. He has the six, the five or six MVPs as well. So it's like the whole thing was <clears throat> who is the GOAT for a while out of MJ and Kareem. Because if you look at Kareem's total legacy and everything that Kareem did longevity-wise, it's very possible that that dwarfs what Michael Jordan did in his 13, really 15 years, but I consider it his 13. But Pete Jordan is better than Pete Kareem. So it's like, with that GOAT thing, you know, it, it won't be a knock on LeBron. Now, if LeBron finds a way to squeeze out two more championships and gets it to about five rings or something like that, then, okay, we legitimately talking. Because if we talking about all these records, let's just say number one and number two in points and top five and and assists and what he's going to do rebounding-wise and all that, then it's legit. But I still, I don't know. It, it's still the the mic just kind of has mm -hmm. that goat air that I don't know if anybody's going to touch and eclipse. Yeah, and then, you know, I don't know, not to go on a tangent on MJ, but, you know, I, I saw Kevin Durant uh, kind of like a interview, and it, he was just like, you know, I don't think that, MJ's legacy can be touched. Yeah, he's almost like a mythological god, yeah, yeah, you know. That's what, yeah. And you know, he paved the way for a lot of what is going on in the game today. Exactly. And you know, I equate like, sports to the rap game all the time. Like, you know, I look at like Jay Z and how he affected the game. I look at how Wayne. You know, every song that you hear now has an element of Wayne in it. You know, in in with the auto tunes, you know, and everything like that. You know, if it, if it wasn't for Wayne, there would be no Young Thug. You know, it, it wouldn't be a, a gun or it wouldn't be any of these rappers that, you know, it wouldn't be a future. You know, that that's kind of how MJ is. If it wasn't for MJ, it wouldn't be a LeBron. It wouldn't be a Kobe. It wouldn't be, a, you know, a Westbrook. It wouldn't be none of these guys getting signature shoes or these shoe companies investing millions of dollars in these players because they know they could push their shoe like that. 
You know, you know, Jordan has, you know, Jordan has football players, you know, makes football cleats. You know, Jordan emblem is on college players' uniforms, you know, Michigan uniforms. You know, it's, you know, his impact on the game just globally and his brand, it just makes him the GOAT on another level. You know, and it, you know, LeBron having a lifetime Nike deal is because of MJ, because LeBron has met that, you know, that, you know, the fact that Kobe still is releasing shoes and he's retired now. You know, it, you know, MJ is a credit for a lot of that off the floor, you yeah. know. But, you know, LeBron is a go to another way with his social acts, you know, his, with his academy that he has. You know, he's done a lot of great things. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think yeah. that, I think we've done it with that conversation. We can move on. We got a, little, <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. So, real quick, who's your top five scores in the NBA? In order. You talking about NBA history? Yes. In order? Okay, I still got to go with the GOAT, Michael Jordan, number one. I got to go Kobe, number two. Um, I got to go, it's going to be a shocker, but I, I like KD at number three. Or right now? You talking about, yes, yes. Wow. I like KD as an all-time scorer. I like KD at number three. Um, Give me, just quick off the top of my head, I'll take LeBron at four. Um, and then at five, I will take, uh, ooh, that's tough. Um, mm-hmm. Larry Bird could get buckets. I'm, I'm going to take Larry <laughs> Bird, man. Okay. Um, greatest scores. Um, I got to go Kobe number one, man. Kobe number one. I feel you. I, I go, you. I got, I got to go Kobe number one. Um, I go MJ two. Uh, wow, greatest scores. That is tough. Too tough. tough. I put both of us on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, but there's nobody like really. Mm, okay, so then I go LeBron three. Um. Hmm. I mean, I I kind of could. I really. I, this is you probably gonna kill me for this, but I I want to go mellow four. Prior to his fall off, bro, he was one of the best scores that we've ever seen. Like, if it it wasn't for Melo, it wouldn't be KD. All right, definitely definitely a great score, but over KD? Melo over KD? No, not over KD. But if it wasn't for Melo, it wouldn't be no KD. Well, then you just said the whole thing. If it wasn't for MJ, it would be no Kobe. But you got Kobe 1 and MJ 2. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. But, okay, okay. So, I you know, got Kobe I, okay. 1, MJ 2, LeBron 3. KD 4. KD 4. And I can go Melo 5. Melo right? 5. Melo 5. Um, eventually, I hate to say it because I hate the, the flopping and getting all the calls. And all James. <laughs> James Harden is going to take Larry Bird off my list eventually. James yeah. Harden is a heck of a... I got to give him James Harden. Yeah, he James Harden. He, he gets buckets, He gets buckets, He gets buckets. I can't... Buckets. He gets buckets, you know. It. James might... James might be top five. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Melo, six, James Harden, five. Yeah. All right, so my, so my top five, Kobe, MJ, LeBron, KD, and James Harden. All right, we do have the top five. Now, I'm going to put James in there, but our top five is a little different. I still got MJ one. Even though it hurts me, I'm going to put Kobe 2, KD 3, LeBron 4, James Harden 5. James Harden got to go in there. 
Yeah, he got that, it. That, that's a bucket. That he's a walking bucket at this point. And the, and the thing about it, of course, we don't like all the calls he gets and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But just watching him play, bro, it's dude gets buckets. It comes to him. Easy. His handle is, is ridiculous. You know, he he can shoot it from anywhere on the floor. And then you point. can. I mean, Steph Steph could be in discussion. Oh. Steph really could hey. be in discussion, hey, bro. You making this difficult? Yeah, right? I know, right? You making this difficult? Bro, we right? never seen this type of era in the NBA. Like you making this difficult? Like, Steph, Steph really get Yeah, Steph. And then I, I mean. Uh, Kyrie. Kyrie is a heck of a score as well, and the way that he gets the buckets is so But I mean, top players. five of all time yeah. NBA history, that's a stretch. You know. I think I'm going to rock with my top five. Yeah, I think I'm rocking with mine too, because we talking about players that then eclipse 60 yeah. points multiple times yeah. in their career. You already know that the, the old ones listening know are going to be like, you didn't mention Kareem. You didn't and mention you, and Wilt. You let Wilt slide yeah. by 100 points. Man, the way they get in games. <laughs> that, Getting points these days, bro. I, you know, I, I think we did it yeah. justice, bro. Yeah. Like I can't think of any old school player that just like could get buckets. Maybe George Gervin. George Gervin can get buckets. But he I mean, was, he was KD before KD. Like, but, he was, you know, Magic. Magic wasn't just like. But a he was a pass first, oh, yeah. you know. He uh, wasn't just like a bucket getter. Charles Barkley was getting buckets. Okay. Yeah. But, I think we did that. Yeah. That's my top five, man. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. We forcing it. So, uh, I mean, I guess to keep that Laker trend, man, what's up with your Uncle Rondo, man? Oh, man. Chill out. <laughs> your brother. Chill your out. twin, <laughs> Chill out. Man, I, it's crazy. Now, one thing I would say, he act like this is something that he's done eight to ten times throughout the season or whatever. But the thing that I took from it the most it's just a lack of respect for Luke and the coach. Yeah, I was about to say that. Yeah, I think that's, that's another the, conversation. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's the biggest thing, and that's right on the wall, you know, for what's probably going to transpire with that, which I know you probably have a piece on that about Luke or whatever. You know, we be talking about Luke, and I know you mm-hmm. were looking at some stuff with that. But, um, yeah, I think that that's mainly what it shows there. And, um, you know, it's definitely been getting screwed. And Mark Jackson didn't like it. You know, who maybe should be a Lakers coach at some point. I'm just throwing it out there. Who that? Mark Jackson. And he was the one calling the game. And he was he was mad about it. Um, and a lot of people have, have talked negatively about it. But. Well, I'm going to say this, man. Uh, you, you're right. Like, the the my problem with it, I play ball. Like, that's one of the ultimate things that you don't, like, you keep that thing, you keep it in-house as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, I mean, it's a lot of things that's going on the inside. But we look at this team. B.I. heard, Kuzma heard. I asked you before the game, any chance we win this? You was like, no. You know, because Kuzma was out. And then later on, it came out, B.I. was out. So I was like, I'm, all right, I'm with yeah. you, Ramon. At first, I was like, man, keep the faith. Right. But then when they say B.I. was out, I was like, okay, yeah, we're going to yeah. lose. You know, they, they are facing a lot of injuries with Lonzo, B.I., and, and now Kuzma hurt. You know, LeBron was hurt. Rondo himself was hurt. Right. So, I mean, that's, that. you know, that's not the way to act. You want to keep that in-house, you know, even if you are going through issues. Even if you have done it multiple right. times throughout, throughout this season, that doesn't make it right. Right. <laughs> so, you know... It, it, but, you know, to speak on what you said about the respect for Luke Walton... I no longer can defend Luke Walton as a coach. Yeah, I think that he, man. I think that we're gonna have to really just look at him. You know, we watch pretty much every Laker game. Yeah. 
His rotations are questionable. Uh, his, Not his, just questionable, terrible. His, yeah. <laughs> his lack of accountability, holding players accountable is. He act like he's scared of the players. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like he's too laid back. You know, and I don't think LeBron too much respects him as a coach. So, I mean, you know, Luke, it's time for him to, you know, it's time for us yeah. to really point at Luke and, and you know, really realize that it, it, he may not be who people thought he was. Right. I think what you got to look at the fact, too, is that one, one small piece of this as well, Luke and LeBron came into the league at the same time. They were in the same right. draft class. So you look at the greatest player from that draft class now being coached. I'm not gonna just you know act like Luke don't have the the pedigree and the mind and all that. But LeBron feels probably in his mind. I mean, I'm the best from this draft class. I got the best basketball mind from this class. Yet I'm being coached by a guy that I feel that my basketball IQ is greater than. Mm. You know, Rondo probably feels the same that hey, my basketball IQ is greater than this guy. And this guy is the one that's supposed to be telling me this and setting me up and this and that. And as we mentioned, too, the team, we know so many things has happened to this team. But another thing is players can't get into a routine and a flow because rotations change so much for Luke. You don't know what to expect tonight. One night, let's just say use Lance Stevenson for an example. You know, it may not be the greatest example, but I'm just using him. One night, Luke might play him 23, 24 minutes. The next night, he might be a DMP. The next night, he might get two minutes. Then the next time, you call him for him for 10 minutes. It's like none of it, you know, players can't get into a rhythm, can't get into a flow. He putting bad lineups on the floor. We know when LeBron, Kuzma, and B.I. are playing, at least one of those three needs to be on the floor at all times. Those are your only three reliable guys that can get a bucket on their own at any point. So at any point in the game, at least one of those guys has to be on the floor. Yet at many times when we're watching the Lakers, He'll take all three of them out at the same time. That doesn't yeah. make sense. So I think over the course of the season, just as you think about him losing credibility with us, think about LeBron. Mm. Think about Rondo. Think about those guys. If he's losing it with us, what about guys who are seen as basketball savants and geniuses? What are they thinking? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I you know, even the game I attended, you know, you know, we, when they played the Pelicans and Kuzma's just – I mean, uh, yeah, Kuzma got it rolling. And, you know, he'll take him out. And he won't see the floor for, like, 10 minutes. I'm oh like, man, goodness. first of all, this guy's, like, 23. There's yeah. no reason why you should yeah. be scaling right. back his minutes. We fighting for playoff yeah. position. You know, it's do or die yeah. right now. And then you look at these guys, like, uh, that's what I wanted to say off the record. Nah, I ended up saying that. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess I'm going to go we'll for talk it. About, I don't know. Did you say it or should we just say it off the record? I'm gonna go for it. Nah, yeah. Yeah, so they're gonna wanna know what Yeah, like with our injuries, man. You know, I I hate to like question somebody if they hurt. If they injured, they injured. But like with with BI and and Kuz, you gotta you gotta think, uh, can they give it a go? Yeah, always. You know, or or are they, you know, laying down, you know? And, you know, that's out of respect for, you know, Walton. Like, they, I'm not going to continue to sacrifice my body out here for this foolishness. Yeah. And you look at Lonzo, and Lonzo, you know, we know the Ball family. They're not yeah. beneath 
playing games. Yeah. You know, with 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 you know Lonzo, Le, 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 Lavar, Lamar, Lavar, You know, at the head. You know, so he, they might play a game where you you gonna sit out for a risk. Yeah. Ain't no need you sacrificing your body for for this. You know, so. You know, I just I just find it weird that all these people hurt. Then what made me even look at it a little more conspiracy theorists, yeah. right? But you know, Rondo said I've never been a part of a team that that has had these many injuries. Yeah. Now you play with Paul Pierce, you play with Kevin Garnett, you play with Big Baby, and you say that you've never been a part of a team with this many injuries, which makes me think that you know. In the same tone that he used last night after the game when he was asked about sitting away from the team. Yeah. I've done this. I've done this eight times this season. I don't know why it's a big deal. No, that's the same way he said I've never been a part of a team that has had this many injuries. Which makes me think that he's thinking what I'm thinking. He's like, oh, y'all really hurt or are y'all laying down on the team? Which maybe motivates the yeah. reason why he's sitting away from the team. Now again, like I'm, yeah, I'm sure I wanted why, to say yeah, this off the record because you don't yeah, want to question yeah. people being hurt. But yeah. do you see where I'm going with that? Am I, I am I out of line? I see where you're going. The one I can see it with the most, honestly, is Lonzo. Um, I don't know if I see that in Kuzma and Bi's nature and their makeup. I think that I give I, you Kuzma, yeah. Bi. But B.I. been rolling, yeah, yeah, though. He was, he was rolling. B.I. was playing at, let's just call it for what it is, post-All-Star break, he was playing like an All-Star. That's mm-hmm. what B.I. was doing. B.I. was getting mm-hmm. buckets. So, I think, I don't think he would just sacrifice his rhythm and flow, you know, for something. And, and, I mean, we've seen B.I. be hurt throughout the course of his mm-hmm. career. You know, we've seen that each season that he's played. Um, so, I definitely kind of do, I do feel you on the Lonzo point, to be honest, because, you know, I understand the severity of, of the the, uh, the sprained ankle and all that, and, and all of that has come along with it, but I still wouldn't put it past his camp. I mean, as soon as, what, wasn't it like, potentially like this offseason or something, and it got in some type of rumors, and then all of a sudden it was leaked that, hey, Lonzo still has this injury, and he's still recovering from this. Mm-hmm. It's like, they're very... They're very strategic in how they position Lonzo. So if mm-hmm. it's a situation where we don't want him to be a part of this or we want to withhold him for a certain reason, I don't put it past them doing that. So I can see it definitely there. The other two guys, I'm a little less Yeah, a little less skeptical. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. But at least I was at least I wasn't like far off. Yeah, in no, my no, thing, I, I can no, I can see it. I mean it's it's definitely something that's that's very Viable, and I think honestly at this point, I mean, we're seeing just what we were talking about with them scaling LeBron's minutes back. Everybody sees the writing on the wall at this point. So, to your point, it could be a situation of like you were saying, okay, we out of this playoff picture basically. I'm hurting, I could technically play through this, but for what do I risk more injury? Yeah, do I worsen this situation for something like you were saying? Oh, I don't believe in this coach, or just we don't like, have a chance yeah. to make the playoffs. Just like they so, said, they stopped negotiating with Melo's team. Yeah, you know they said a lot. Oh yeah. So I mean, it, you know, the writing, like you say, the writing's on the wall, man. Yeah, it's just time to accept it. But uh, yeah, I feel like we've been like thirty-eight minutes <laughs> yeah. in. We've been talking right. about Lakers, but justifiably so. 
LeBron is fourth yeah, on right. yeah. Nah, this was, this was the whole LeBron led thing, and then the, yeah. the thing about it, if you watch anything now, like I watch all the shows, the PTI, they talk about the Lakers. Lakers huh? The Lakers are the biggest story because it's the everybody. We just, just so happen to yeah, be fans. Just, we just so happen to be fans, but just today, not even a Lakers fan. You know, my boy Chua or whatever. He went and basically retweeted all my tweets throughout the course of the season and before the year when I was talking about the Lakers. You know being in the playoffs and we being three or four seed. So he went on this big trolling binge and trying to troll me and all that kind of stuff like that, which I wasn't tripping. I thought it was kind of funny, actually. Um, but the Lakers are always the biggest talk with you a Laker fan or you're not a Laker fan. It just is what it is. You combine LeBron with the Lakers brand, and that's the big story then. So let's flip side to the Celtics. Uh, your boy Kyrie. Uh, yeah. Man, what a difference a week makes, right? Yeah. Uh, Your boy been speaking again, as you see recently. He was once again kind of talking about the media. And I think uh, Charles Barkley came out and said something about, like, Kyrie being just a a miserable person. And that, you know, like, you know how Charles Barkley's going (laughs) to say it and call it out and all that. And so, you know, it's one of those things of the – is this situation, I'm going to ask you right now, is this Boston situation with Kyrie in the mix, is it toxic? Is like, does he bring the toxicity to the Boston Ooh, Celtics? Ooh, toxicity, toxicity. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, all right, let's look at it. Let's look at numbers don't lie. They're 10-2 and two yep. overall without Kyrie. They're 7-0 in the last seven games yeah. without Kyrie. Yeah. I can't ignore that. I can't yeah. I can't ignore it, man. Like, I mean, the writing is kind of on the wall, yeah. maybe. You know, they, they do play well with, with, with Kyrie. Now, would I dare say it? Because I regard Kyrie yeah. as one of the greatest scorers right. in NBA history. The best ball handler in NBA history. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I, I mean, when... When you look at that, you know, you can't, when you look at those numbers, you can't ignore them. But I do think that, you know, I wouldn't dare say that they could make a run without him. Mm-hmm. Now, you say, Rob, they couldn't make a run without him, but they made it to game seven in the conference finals last year. You know, yeah, like, yeah, so, right, right. I mean, you, you really can't ignore right. the success that the Celtics yeah. has had. In his absence. It, and, and, and I can see it because he's a very ball-dominant yeah. guy. You know, but if they was to make a championship run, dare would I say it, they they couldn't make a championship run without Kyrie. Yeah, it is it's to me it's similar to this situation. Obviously I'm not trying to say these teams are equal on the playing field at all. But it's kind of what the Wizards have experienced with John Wall versus without John Wall. Like we look at last year for the Wizards for an example, mm-hmm. and we look at that situation look really toxic. And as soon as John Wall was kind of removed from that due to injury then that team kind of got going, and it's like... Yeah, that's, that's a great parallel. And so it's it's like, is that the same situation with Kyrie? It is. It's parallel. And, and the thing about it, too, I guess to follow up on it, two things. I agree with you. I think that when it gets down to it, I just can't see them being a true contender without Kyrie. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't see them getting over the hump and it being like, okay, they can legitimately win a championship without him. I can't see that. But it brings into question, like, do you think this is going to go on past this season? Like, well, 
I mean, not to get ahead, you yeah. know, to answer the first question that you said, because, I mean, the second question is very interesting that yeah. you posed, because we're going to address that. But the first question that you asked, I think that maybe it will be a thing where they would have to get Kyrie in the film room and, and look and see how the offense is supposed to flow. Yeah. You know, uh, and getting other people of involved, you know, and that's what LeBron. That's why we respect LeBron so much because he he has the the, the gift and the talent. I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Maybe one of the greatest of, of in in NBA history of all time. Maybe Matt right next to Magic. I don't want to overstate it to where I negate Magic and how he made everybody around him better. But you know, LeBron has that knack, and you know, I think that Kyrie. You know, maybe, you know, I don't think, you know, Kyrie's a superstar, egotistical. I don't think that anybody could. Maybe somebody that he respects. Maybe his dad. Yeah, not definitely. You know, could sit down with him and and, and get, get, look at that film and see, hey, look, Kyrie, like, instead of dribbling this much, you could do this. You know, you have, you know, you have options. You have Gordon Hayward on the wing. You have, you know, Tatum over there. You know, maybe it would take that to make the offense flow flow more. But there, what I said, just like you say, I don't see them making a championship run without Carry because yeah. he brings too much to the table. He's a killer. Now, the second instincts, yeah, I do think that Kyrie's going after this year. Yeah, yeah, I think right is kind of on the wall with that, bro. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's crazy to see how it's happened and transpired from us looking what that was the first night of the season mm-hmm. and us hearing Kyrie come before the Celtics and say. You know, I want to be here if you'll have yeah. me type of thing. Saying, but oh, oh, you know. is the you'll have me, is that the going to be the the, the linchpin in that? Because is it, is it going to be a situation where mutually both sides think that maybe life without each other well, you might better. be better? And maybe a trade to New Orleans, you know, we get AD there. You know, so, yeah. uh, you know, so ultimately, I'm not going to let you dance. Do you think that they're a better team without Kyrie? No. Okay. You, I'm gonna ask you. Do you think they're a better <laughs> no, team? No, I don't. I don't. I don't think they're a better team. Even, but I can't ignore those numbers. Yeah. Seven and zero. Ten but and I think two. We gotta look at too. I mean, even when they just recently played the Warriors and blew out the Warriors, Kyrie was on the floor that night. So it's like yeah, he was. You know, he was on the other the other game when they. When they matched up against the Warriors even earlier this season, and it was a game that went tip for tat, a lot of that was due to Kyrie being there. So, you know, I think that, like we both said, when it gets down to it and gets to playoff basketball, you need that killer in Kyrie. This may be something that flows better throughout, throughout the course of the regular season and all of that, but I think when it gets down to the nitty-gritty and playoff ball, you need Kyrie. Simple as that. Mm. Yeah, cool. That's a good conversation. Um, I think that we can move on from that since we, you know, people can't say that we was just like all Laker heads. Yeah, we, we get some get some other stuff in there. And I just, it's it's not a Lakers podcast as one of our uh, episode <laughs> titles was early off in the game. So you mentioned the Warriors and we thinking that, uh, like, they're struggling. The Warriors yeah. are struggling right now. But I think that ultimately what KD said in the rebuttal to Steve Kerr saying, we're not focused, you know, we got to get that grit. It's like, you know, we put, then KD goes, on, we play with joy. You know, like kind of just like, you know, trying to kind of like, 
Like, I guess a test, yeah. like opposing yeah. Steve Kerr. Right. Sneering at him. Yeah, yeah. I No, definitely. I think it was one of those things. I see, once again, like both sides of this because I, I think that, you know, Steve Kerr has said in the past that they do kind of play with this joy and exuberance and they moving the ball and all this kind of stuff. So, KD, like, you know, wait, now you're saying it needs to be off anger and all that. I thought the way that we played was off joy. But the thing is, like, to me, like, publicly, you know, coming against your coach like that, I mean, it's just it looks kind of bad. to me. It's like with Rondo. Yeah, I think it's just kind of a sign of, of what's to really come with KD. And they said that, you know, it's making kind of people in the organization, you know, be on pins and needles with, with KD and feeling that, of course, maybe this is KD's last season there, you know. So, it, it's one of those things where I I see both. I see it from Steve Kerr's way of, of, of definitely they need to play with that more aggression, all that kind of stuff like that. You know, Steve Kerr was talking about playing out of anger and all this, you know. So, KD brought him to what he usually says, but I don't think that that's the, the place and the way to do it. You know, I think that. You could have, he could have said something differently in that moment, but once again, do we want him to be completely honest and air it out, or do we want him to give the press conference answer? So, yeah, I mean, he kept it real, but I think that one thing it said to me is that Katie out of here, Katie is gone. I think that. You know, he's had enough. When you look at guys at the coaching and, and stuff like that, you know, you know, guys respecting that coach. I don't think he's one that respects Steve Kerr. I think that he's over. I think he's yeah. been over since him and Draymond got yeah. into it. I think he's just been holding it together to yeah. get through this year. So, you know, I think KD, you know, which is a great segue, I think KD and Kyrie both will find themselves in New York. Yeah, so you think the Knicks will get their dreams? Yeah, I think they will. I don't know why they would go play for James Nolan, but that's beyond me. Yeah, but, I mean, I know the Knicks' ideal scenario is they looking at that top pick. They hoping that they can get the number one pick, draft Zion, and then use that cap space that they have for two max guys, and, I mean, it's very possible. You look at um, what before the game, they act like the teammates kind of felt a certain way about KD and Kyrie having, what did they have, lunch or dinner or something together? Mm. It was either before the game, after the game. It was something like that. But basically, they met up. um, And it's just obviously showing that they obviously are real good friends. They two guys that pretty much at this point have basically said, you know. We can say whatever we want. What the craziest thing is, these two don't like the media, yet they may go to the biggest market that has the most media scrutiny out of like any place. If you look at it, people always talk about how notorious the uh, it is for scrutiny in New York and how the media and everything is out there. And you got two guys that basically hate the media, always talking about the media, and may right very well end up in that market. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it, it's becoming. More vibe. We both know Katie and Kyrie won't be in their respective teams. Yeah, next I mean, year. I wouldn't mind for one of them to wear a Lakers jersey, but that's a whole another thing. But that's the bias speaking. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe they'll find a way to LA. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's more questionable than West, yeah. Russell Westbrook's <laughs> fashion yeah. choices, huh? Yeah, while we're looking at this Eminem's <laughs> jacket or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, 
I think that uh, that KD is over it. Uh, even, but that's spoiled Brett mentality because they don't win a championship. Yeah, that's the thing that's so yeah, frustrating. Yeah, they're gonna like, challenge they over it. They're gonna win the championship. <laughs> he might get another Finals MVP, and it's like, you know, I'm sick of this type. You know, I'm just just here, like, come on, man. Yeah, man. That, it, it's sickening, right. and I think Katie's very spoiled. But hey, whatever. I mean, I, you know, I've been very critical of of him for the past couple of months. So, the um, what do I want to go? Do you want to stick with basketball? Because I was about to go to like it's it's all good, bro. I'm I'm ready to roll with whatever, man. I'm ready. Because uh, I, we got to talk about uh, Will Wade. Well, you done brought it up, so we, we might as well hit it at this point. You know, you let the cat out of the bag, so Will Wade, man, got the got the got the lion's tap, man. Um yeah, wiretail, man. Uh let's you know, we gotta unpack it, man. We we both went to LSU. Both yep. graduated from LSU. Yeah. Um they caught him having some, you know, some interesting conversations. Uh, pertaining to Javante Smart, uh, just you know, just saying the deal would have went through if you know the guy in the middle didn't want his part of the take. You know, the deal was to take yeah, care of the kid yeah, and his yeah, mom, especially yeah, as a three-year, four-year player. Yeah. I mean, two, three-year three player. player. So, like, it was a real good deal. It really yeah. took care of the mom. It really like the. Yeah. I mean, the writing is on the wall. We yeah. not. We not. We're not idiots. You yeah. know, obviously he was talking about some stuff that doesn't pertain to a scholarship. Yes. <laughs> you know, because a scholarship yeah, is not a deal. Right, yeah. A scholarship is pretty cut and dry. Yeah. We gave him the best scholarship out there. But it's not what you can win. It's what you, you can prove. But it's a couple of interesting conversations that come from it. Because LSU basketball has been suffering for years. You know, uh... You know, the last time we've been relevant in basketball was the big baby Tyrus Thomas mm-hmm. days. So, I mean, in a desperate move, I wouldn't say a desperate move, but a great move. We go and get Will Wade, who is no saint in the college basketball world. You know, he's been in these types of conversation and these types of investigations, you know, before in his career. So, I mean... You know, we bring him in knowing what he brings in. And, you know, we brought him in last year. Last year was a very underwhelming season. But, you know, even me and you, we said, oh, no, that it's going to be that next year. It's going to be that second year when Javante, when Naz Reed comes, when Bigby Williams comes, you know, to, to, to tack on with Tremont Waters and, 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 uh, and Mays, Skylar Mays. You know, and, and now we find ourselves number 10 in the nation, you know, but at what sacrifice? You know, and Will Wade is known to, you know, be, you know, being, you know, under the, you yeah. know, being in those, in these types of discussion. Yeah. I mean, I mean, what, like, what, what do you, how do you feel as though, you know, you think LSU, we, we made a different move because basketball been irrelevant for so long and we, we hit the, we kind of hit the jackpot, but do you think they was prepared for this type of baggage? Because, I mean, uh, you, you don't hire a guy like this, especially at a prestigious college like this, without investigating to his background and knowing what he's about. Yeah, the thing about it, ultimately, I don't feel that this is ever a situation to me in college athletics, period, where the people up top don't also know what's going on. So I think it's a situation of, you know, you hire Will Wade, whether he had, you know, some baggage or whatever, and some history and all that. And from a coaching standpoint, without the whole, let's just say, everything that he's doing under the table, 
excellent coach and has been definitely yeah. brought life into the program. Right. But I think even the stuff going on, you can't tell me that, that Will Wade would be doing this and Joe Oliva wouldn't know anything that's going on. Exactly. Completely just blindsided by this. So it's like athletic programs. Because he's using their money. Yeah. And so athletic programs know this kind of stuff to me, period. So it's just like mm-hmm. they know everything that Will Wade's doing. They know what could potentially be the implications of this. What Javante, you know, may or may not have received, I'm not going to implicate the kid right now or say that he took anything impermissible because that just wouldn't be good to say at this point. But the university knows what, what's going on and they know what they got there, got into. And I think that part of the writing was on the wall with this, with the fact that Will Wade didn't even get nominated for a Coach of the Year, the, the Naismith Coach of the Year award. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, even the Naismith people, I think that they were – getting their hands essentially off of Will Wade. Let's just say Will Wade does win it because it's, it's merited based upon what he's done with this team. Mm-hmm. But then it comes out that he was doing all this stuff that mm-hmm. he shouldn't have been doing. They don't want that, that stain or that legacy uh, or that mark on the legacy of the award. So, so you know, do you think that it was a desperate move by LSU I, to, to, to hire him? Because they knew it would come with immediate success because of his workings and what he does. We know what he does. Just like with Calipari. Kentucky knew what Calipari does. Okay. You know? Okay, I will I will give you that it, it probably was. And what I will say from the standpoint of Joe Oliva was under a lot of scrutiny with the Ed Ogeron hiring. And so at the time when Will Wade was coming on board, you still had people – now, we feeling a little bit better about the football program now, but you had people that were up in arms about that saying, Joe Oliva, you should be gone based on this. Mm. So, to get to your point about right. there being that maybe desperation there, maybe it was like, okay, to protect my job, I know what this guy can do with the basketball mm-hmm. program. Now, he may be doing some things that he shouldn't be doing, <laughs> but I know what he can do, so right. let me make this hire, boost my creditability, while I'm still trying to make this Coach O thing look good. So maybe mm-hmm. that's an angle of it. Maybe from that standpoint, it is very possible. Yeah. So, but I mean, let's face it. Let's not, let's not scrutinize Will Wade. Because every, every program in basketball that is relevant is doing it. It's just who's get who's getting caught. I mean, Coach you know, was in talks with Let's look at Tristan Thompson for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I mean, we know that these athletes are doing what they're doing on the scene, but Tristan Thompson is just the one that I always <laughs> get caught. So, I mean, you got to really just, you know, really take the good with the bad. I, I think Will Wade is, 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 is not a bad person. I just think he's doing what it takes to survive. Yeah. You know, you're not going to get these top five, you know, you're not going to get these five-star recruits. You know, maybe Coach K can get top five recruits based on his pedigree. Yeah. You know, but, you know, and, and you know, North Carolina's coach. But, I mean, outside of that, it's a grimy, grimy world out there. If you're not offering anything, these guys are not going to come here. Right. You know, uh, you know, we got Naz Ray. We got, you know, Bigby Williams. We got, you know, Javante. Darius you know, Days. Darius Days. He yeah. got Skylar Mays to come. Like, uh, I mean, not Darius Day. Well, Darius Day's not Skylar Mason. Tremont Waters. Tremont Waters, yeah. You know, he was, he was originally going to Georgetown. Yeah. You know, well, John Thompson getting fired right. helped. But yeah. but still, he came to the Bayou. Yeah. We're not known for basketball. Right. And we see, you know, he's working his way. And people really don't know about Tremont Waters, but I think this NCAA tournament, he's really going to become a household name. Like, nobody knows what he can do he's and what he's capable of. 
other than last night, he did have a turnover. He is due for a turnover late in games. But that yeah, but it ain't because shot. of ability. But, but it's because he, he I think he has to get he really has to like know exactly what he wants to do. I think that he's indecisive and that's what causes those late yeah. turn late game turnovers. But you know, just like you said, he's clutch. You know, and I think that in his, in his NCAA tournament, I cannot wait to watch because yeah, I know yeah, he's yeah. going to have about two or three big yeah. moments that's yeah. going to make him a household name. It's going to yeah. shoot him up to, like, top top six in the NBA draft. You know, because he's really that guy. Man, he can score anytime he wants to. Top six? I think so, bro. Like, yeah. where would you put him? I would, I would say he's a, a mid-first-rounder. mid I, I don't. A, I, I, a mid to late. The, 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 I don't know. The, see, the, the thing, the toughest thing on him, the reason why people aren't going to be on the bandwagon as much is just because of size. Now, what, what I about trade? That's what I was about to say. You know? that's, what yeah. that's what's going to help him out is Trey Young, but he's still not to me as advanced as Trey Young was as a scorer. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm watching. Yeah. We've been watching a lot of games yeah. this year. But, yeah, Tremont can get it how he, he wanted. He can he, shoot. He had long, extended range. Yeah. He can get to the goal anytime he wants to. I just think that Trey he got a killer step back. Trey did it more consistently, but you can also too say that Trey didn't have as much around. Exactly. Yeah, he didn't have much around. Like Javante, Javante, like Javon. I hope he stays because yeah. I don't think people really realize how good Javante yeah, is. You know, I mean, a lot of what, yeah, we watched him in high, high school. school yeah. You know, I think that what it is with Javante is that they have so like Skylar Mays, yeah. they have Tremont, well, they have people that can get buckets. Yeah. So his talent level, like he's averaging eleven points right now and two assists. But I think that it, once Tremont go to lead, Skylar may go. Mm. I think that you know once he's that. That guy, and then Will Wade is, of course, gonna recruit some more. <laughs> you know, yeah, anyway, you gotta get it. Yeah, <laughs> I think that those, I yeah. think that he could be a seventeen average, seventeen yeah. and seven guy in the in you know in the SEC if he stays, and yeah. I think he will. I think he'll stay. Uh, you know, but I mean, Will Wade obviously knew something with saying two to three guys. Thing, God, hey, bro, that's not even. <laughs> bro, he on the wiretap, bro. Right. Man, these, that's people I ain't got nothing to I do. Know, right. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, you know, you know, but you know, I don't know. We just run off a tangent. We yeah, got, we were talking about Javante <laughs> Tremont. We didn't went to our but ultimately, yeah, we we agree. It's a, it's, a, it's a desperation move. So I'm interested to see what's going forward. Do you think anything gonna come of it? You know, maybe he loses his job. Do you think LSU's gonna do something about it now? I think you gotta look at the fact that um, uh, what I can't remember your boy name from Arizona. He was in way deeper stuff to me than Will Wade, and he still managed to kind of fly through it and, and skate through that. You know, everything with DeAndre Aiden and all that kind of stuff like that. Oh, so, yeah, he got through that. I'm yeah, scared. so it's like, Ooh. I think with Will Wade, I think he'll make it through. You got to look at, too, you know, we were talking about Coach K or whatever, but, you know, the Wendell Carter stuff and the Marvin Bagley stuff kind of came with Coach K, and it was like, hey, what's going on here with this? And then it just kind of ended up floating and flying under the radar. So I think you look at a Will Wade, I think that, you know, it's it's very hot and heavy right now, um, but I think that they'll find a way to make it through this, and that he'll still be the coach um, yeah. at LSU. Yeah, I think I think is you know when you look at it, I think that it's it's just like any other situation when you look at it. 
you know, with, with teams in these top 10 teams in this situation, they going to ride this wave until something else come out. Yeah. You, you know, to. it's going to be... It's gonna be months and months. Like March Madness will be well yeah, over with yeah. <laughs> before anything comes of this. You know, it's gonna be court dates. It's gonna be yeah. you know hearings and all that. So LSU is gonna ride this way. Yeah, okay, so a wiretap, a wiretap came out. I mean, yeah, you know, he's talking about a deal, but we don't they, know what they, he was they, talking yeah, about. Right, and they gotta track everything down. You gotta yeah. track out, you know, what maybe money was distributed. So can you? Retract the the checks or retract yeah. all you know. It's a lot of research and work that has to go into it. To I stand with Will Wade <laughs> yeah. until more evidence come out. Innocent until proven guilty. I stand with Will. <laughs> I stand with Will, and as long as we we Saturday Saturday we had a potential to win the SEC yeah. championship. Yeah, something we are. We've only lost what one two games two, two, two games in game. conference play. And it was, very late down yeah, the stretch and they shouldn't have. I'm so sick of LSU and all these overtime. <laughs> yeah. But, but, the one positive, I was talking to, I think I was talking to my dad about this. Yeah, when it comes to tournament times, what kind of games do you see over and over again? And overtime. So now, overtime. Last minute last games. Last minute games, one possession games down the stretch. And LSU has had so many of those that they don't know how to execute. What they had like, what, Seven. Yeah. Seven and nine. And so they'll they'll know how to execute in those and situations. Two. And you look at the fact too that they did were able to execute against premier competition. Mm-hmm. Kentucky came down the stretch. Florida. You know what happened at Florida, but then also Tennessee, and that was without Tremont Waters. Mm-hmm. So they'll be battle tested and, and I think that, that because will Because of Javante yeah. putting up dropping a twenty seven piece. Right. And so I think that, that will pay off for them when it gets to tournament time. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Not to make this a, like your LSU pod. So let's move <laughs> on. Um, what else we got to talk about, man? What else? What else is going? On? Let me look at my phone. Let me see what's going on. If you missed anything, um, I mean, say something. Talk about. I something. mean, you know. Uh, oh yeah. Case Case Keenum. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big story. That's the biggest NFL story. We cover NFL. Case Keenum traded to the Redskins for a six-round pick. Yeah, it's like Case and like a seventh for a sixth round pick. Yeah, it's, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like he, him with a seventh round of pick attached to him. So obviously they feel as though they want to give Colt McCoy some more yeah. competition in Washington. Right. And they don't expect Cousins to play this year. And this is this is what, what uh, not Cousins, uh, Alex Smith. Okay, yeah. <laughs> You're so used to Cousins. Yeah. But, uh. But this is the thing that was kind of crazy to me, too. I've never heard of a situation, and maybe I'm just oblivious to it, where they were talking about he's traded, but, like, his contract, in a sense, going to be split. Like, there's still some stuff that Denver is going to have to pay for him, and then the Redskins are going to pick up the other bill. So it's yeah, not like the Redskins think, got the yeah, whole thing. going to be getting paid, like, three mil? Yeah, three so million. it's like, yeah. So you have that, but it's still, it's still like you were saying, attributed to the Alex Smith injury. He may be done for his career. I, I don't know if he'll come back. Um, Dang, you think he's done? It's very possible, in my opinion. And the thing about it, too, with Case Keenum, like you were mentioning, I think it's going to be a true competition between him and Colt McCoy. I don't think he just comes in and has the job. I think that they do, as an organization, still believe you know, in Colt McCoy. And Case Keenum may find himself still end up being a backup. So. And then I think that... Uh, 
These these teams must be just riding it up uh, when Case Keenum was with the with the Vikings, Vikings bro. Yeah. Like, man, he's not that. He's okay. Like, you know, like I don't I don't understand. I mean, I think that there's better options. I don't think that he's worth a six round pick. Right, but you know what? It also makes me think about and realize is how overall like weak this quarterback class is for the draft. Because you see teams like this, they're going to get the Joe Flacco's. Or they're going and... Hey, uh, don't disrespect in. Joe. He's a Super Bowl champion, man. We know. We We're not is. doing this. Yeah. But they going and getting the Joes. Now, I'm not going to knock this guy, but um, your boy Foles from Philly, you seeing the potential movement there. You know, you seeing all that. You see now them going and getting Case Keenum. I feel that a lot of teams feel like there's really two, two maybe three viable options at quarterback in this draft, and so that's why you're seeing them be more um, willing to go and trade for a guy like Case Keenum. Yeah, so yeah, that doesn't tip the scale to me. That's not yeah. a home run move. Nah. But let's stay on that. Let's stay on that trend. That's barely a single. Yeah. <laughs> let's stay on that trend, though, man. Let's stay on that trend of of, of the Redskins because one of their execs had a lot to say about. Uh, Charlie Casserly had a lot to say about uh, Kyler Murray. Mm. And he's a Redskins exec, right? I'm not 100% sure on that. Let's look, up, let's look that up right quick. I think he is. If not, my segue is trash. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he is. He ended up being, somebody was talking about Kyler Murray. Oh, he's a former exec. He yeah. was a former exec and manager for the Redskins. Okay, so okay. there is a connection there. Segway still good. Yeah. So, Charlie Casley, uh, he said that Case Keenum struggled Kyle. with his... What did I say? You said Case Keenum. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, Kyle Murray... It's coming, it's coming. Yeah, yeah, Kyle Murray sucked in his interviews. What, do you take that by a grain of salt? I do. Um, because to me, at the end of the day... I know interviews mean a lot just in the professional world and all that stuff, period. But they have the ability to look at film. They have the ability to hear from former coaches, which is why Lincoln Riley spoke out on his behalf. So I believe, let's just say even he did suck in interviews. Not everyone is is good at that, period. Um, I wouldn't just completely hold that against him. He just may be a kid that maybe got nervous in the moment or didn't know what to say. Some people are a little bit more eloquent speakers than others in those type of moments, you know. So I don't hold it against them, um, you know. And Lincoln Riley obviously came out and spoke against everything that was being shared, whether um, it was about, you know, Kyler not being a good leader or Kyler not having good, you know, study habits as it relates to film and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I... I don't put too much stock in, in what that exec is saying or other execs. I mean, he measured out, you know, his height was in question. He measured out 5'10". His weight was in question, 207. Yeah. His hands, nine and a half. You know, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this, Ramon. I did some. I did a little digging into Charles Casually. What his name is? What is it? Yeah, Charles Casually. I'm going to call him Chuck. Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chuck. All right, Chuck is he he works for a company called Exos. Ask me what Exos does. Uh, what does Exos do? 
They act. They are a company that trains NFL players for interviews for the combine. <laughs> so I mean, dog, like. I think that there was a little undertone yeah, motivation for him to tell, oversell Kyler Murray's like, deficiency in yeah. interviews. I, to me, in my mind, I'm a business major. Yeah, I don't really, I can't. That really ruined all his credibility in criticizing Kyler Murray in this particular situation. Yeah, I agree because of that. You have motivation to tear down somebody that may be lacking. In a in an interview, when you are uh, indeed are part of a company yeah. that trains, and Calamari chose not to use your company, yeah. so of course you was like, "Hey, Calamari yeah. sucked in this interview. You should definitely <laughs> come to us and right. learn how to do, how to do it." Right. So, right. you know, I you know you, you really can't you got to take what he say with a grain of salt. Yeah. But I mean, I think it is sad. You know, you, you're an older man. You're trying to take money out this kid's mouth. Yeah. He, he he. You know, we seen how he play. Yeah, you know like somebody. Somebody say that he may be, you know, the best run, running quarterback since Mike Vick. I, I think that Lamar Jackson. Lamar, yeah, Lamar is like, yeah, that's. that's but I mean, clearly, you know, you know, and then execs are looking at too. Kyler Murray played in the same system Baker Mayfield played in. Yeah, Baker Mayfield went number one, and they worked out pretty well for Cleveland. Yeah, so you know, I I I, I, I take what he said in the grand stuff. Yeah. We're not in them interviews, so yeah. we don't know. None of that matters to me and anything about it, you know, like we were talking about. I mean, his coach came out and spoke up so heavily in his favor and basically said that everything that was said was unfounded. Like, you can't question this guy's leadership. You can't question his study habits, the way he looks at film, the way he analyzes and dissects things. So, you know, a coach that had him, that saw him on a daily basis versus somebody that had this one little mm-hmm. sit down or one little, you know, with an ulterior motive, as you're mentioning, you know, that, that whole thing holds no ground to me. Yeah, so get out of here, Chuck. <laughs> right. We're not buying it, Chuck. Right. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the combine and all. I mean, we can't go any further without talking about DK making. Oh, my goodness. Ridiculous. Dude, just... Regardless, it maybe as one of the what one of the best combines in NFL history. Yeah, dude is a freakish athlete. He sh- he shot up the choice. He gotta go top ten. I mean, oh. you look at what Odell did in the combine yeah. and how he shot up the top yeah, ten. Yeah, it's just it reminds me of the same thing. Like some players, some college players are better professional players than than they are yeah. college players. I ain't gonna lie, my boy Greedy had. DK on, on the clamps when he played him, but that's a whole other thing. It <laughs> might shoot him up the yeah, uh, right, the, the right. further but, up the drive. DK, I mean, what did, what did he measure? What, 6'3, 6'4? 6'3, yeah. 6'3. Ran a 4'3. 4'3, 3 at that size. Was he 250? Nah, I don't think he was 250, but I think he was at, he was like two between 230, 240, somewhere around there. Yeah. Somewhere between that. Still running a 4'3, 3. three. Yeah, 228. Yeah, I don't know why I said he looked like he's 250. Right. They said the dude has 1.6% body fat. That's ridiculous. 1.6% body fat. Dude is just a monster. It's a freak of nature. And what he did. 40 and a half vertical jump. Yeah, what he did, if you compare it to anybody, 
really reminds you of Megatron. Like, yeah, we haven't seen probably a freakish athlete at that. Well, Julio is another freakish athlete. Yeah, in that position yeah. Too. But like DK is among that Julio, Calvin Johnson mm-hmm. type of freakish receiver mm-hmm. athlete. That's just like man, like you said, definitely, definitely see him jumping up the draft boards and, and seeing that top ten status. Top ten. For sure. Especially in the past happy league. For sure. For sure. Instant starter, wherever he goes. Yeah. Talk about taking the top off of defense. He going to be nice, bro. Like, he going to be nice in the league. Because. He's on my fantasy football radar. Yeah. No, definitely. I agree. I know you were going to say it. You <laughs> were speaking in what you were going to say. <laughs> you slick, man. You slick. I know. You were in call up like that. Like, we were watching the combine and be doing all the right. combine preparations. Y'all be like, yeah, he's really good. I'm like, man, they trying to, they, they, they recruiting for their fantasy league team. And, shit. Right. and the worst thing is that when you have in your mind, you know, that they a sleeper and you hoping, like, you got in your mind where you want them to fall to. And then yeah. one of y'all two, you or Lowe's come and snag them right before that. I hate when that happens, man. That happens man. all the time. Man, DK Metcalf, man. Yeah, he going, beast, man. He going nuts. So, we're going to do some more uh, first-round mock drafts, man. Uh, yeah. I think he's going to be in it. Just a, a yeah. spoiler. He's going to be in our top 10 for sure. Yeah. Um, You know, other guys that, that really showed out well, Uh, I guess we, we don't want to continue to let you bias, but, uh, you know, man, Devin White showed four out two. too, four, man. 4 2 Man. Francis linebacker. Man. And I think wasn't his vertical was like maybe a forty, I think as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He he just definitely showed out. And the thing about Devin White is Devin White is just a complete package in the he sense is. of like he can cover, he can run, he can run uh, cover. Yeah. He can you know he can set up the zone. Then he's a tremendous leader. Tremendous. Leader. He's like a you know a, he, when you think of a the guy from Carolina. Uh, yeah, he's Luke like Keekly. a Luke Keekly. Yeah, you know. And the thing is, for the guy to be running a, a four-four-two, we can't forget that this guy came out of high school really as a, as a running back, primarily as a running back. Linebacker was secondary, and then once he got to LSU, the when you got Leonard Fournette there and Darius Geis and all that, then obviously you know switching to linebacker with playing time and all that, and what was best for the team. <laughs> and then you make that, that is, change. Yeah, <laughs> make the change, and that's worked out for him. But what also helped him out as well is that. Dave Aranda, that's what he specializes in. He's an overall great defensive mind, but linebackers, that's his primary focus. So you had three years to sit under a mind like that, to learn from a mind like that. And so he has that, but blew up the combine, and to me should shoot up the the charts, um, the rankings and the draft board and all that as well. Man, bro, like you you say he got a 40 vertical – you know, uh, freakish athlete. One eighteen broad jump, man. Like t- at two thirty seven, you running a four four. Man, I feel sorry for the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I just hope he don't end up in the NFC South. Yeah, yeah, he gonna be nice, bro. Uh, very good player. I wish him the best, fellow LSU yeah. Tiger. Um, Man, you got anything else, bro? I, I mean, I think another one that we can't ignore, man, is what Montez uh, Sweat did. Montez Sweat. Yeah, I mean, you look at a guy and that's going to be coming off the edge, 6'6", 245, but running a 4'4", 140. Hmm. A 4'4", 40, coming off.
off the edge. He's he's going to shoot up the draft boards. I know that this is really a D-line heavy, a defensive draft period, basically. Defensively heavy, but especially D-line heavy. And I think you're going to see him shoot past some other guys that he wasn't ahead of on the board. He, to me, after this combine, definitely solidified himself as a top 10 pick. He's a guy that's a sneaky possibility of being a top five pick now in this draft. Um, but when you talk about, you know, how important having a pass rusher is in this league and for a guy to be coming off the edge, I think what Miles Garrett probably ran like a 4-6 or something like that mm-hmm. in the combine. So you look at a guy that's similar size but running a 4-4 coming off the edge. That's, that's crazy. So I think that he's another one that everything that he did in the, in the combine from, you know, his vertical lead from his – uh, his 40 time and all that, he just shot himself up the, the draft boards and is going to get a big-time payday because of that. Man, these quarterbacks, man, they in trouble. These defense, these defensive players becoming ridiculous, man. You on the edge running a 4-4? That's crazy. Bro, That's crazy. you on the edge running a 4-4? Yeah, I mean, that used to be definitely impressive for a corner to be on the outside to cover somebody at 4-4. Yeah. Like, That's a good time for a corner. Or for a receiver running a route. Now you're talking about somebody at that size coming off the edge running 4 4? Man. I pray for the quarterbacks, man. That's why, you know, the, that's why Kyle, the Kyler Murrays and Lamar Jacksons, you know, are becoming more and more relevant as a quarterback because you, you don't have an athletic quarterback, yeah. man. Get no, no, place. no! Knock on your guy, Peyton Manning, bro. But I don't know if Peyton Manning. Bro, could. You always, <laughs> hey, hey, you gonna stop this? You gonna stop? You gonna stop this? But you always find a way. Whatever it is, just some kind of way that you can shine on Peyton. You gonna always find a way to shine on my boy Peyton. Hey man, man what can I say, bro? Like. He wasn't the most athletic quarterback there was, man. Hey, my boy got it done, so that's And Tom, talking about he playing to 45. Okay, <laughs> all right. He's with him Miles Garrett and all them boys coming off the edge. He's going to think differently. Yeah, yeah. But Devin White, when they using him to come and blitz up the middle like they used to use him at LSU, yeah, he might he, think differently. Yeah, he might think of He might consider that maybe one more or two more years. Yeah, man. But it's been fun, man. I thought we you know, covered it all. Yeah. We covered a lot, actually. Definitely, Definitely sure. got a lot in, man. Sure, we appreciate you for listening. Make sure you follow us on all social media platforms. Uh, we're most active on Instagram and Twitter, O underscore Benchwarmers. And you can search us on Facebook at OPN the Benchwarmers. Make sure that you subscribe and leave a review on at OPN the Benchwarmers. That's on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, leave a review. Make sure you should subscribe, and we appreciate all the support. And uh, shout out to Carlos again, who couldn't be here tonight, but he'll be here on the next episode. So uh, that's we it. Appreciate man. y'all, man. We held it down for you, Los. Yep. So we out of here. Yeah.